Hello and welcome to Titanic Tottenham, a podcast for the fans, by the fans, with your hosts, Darrell Wadsworth and James Marvin. So, a bit of background on ourselves, me and Darrell are two Tottenham Hotspur supporters from Belfast. We're currently living in Preston, both studying journalism, and I think Tottenham for us, Darrell, has just been a passion, like, for me throughout my entire life. I've always, you know, a bit of background on ourselves anyway, so me and different, you know, sides of the community in Belfast. So we are, um, traditionally in Belfast, it's always kind of been like either Celtic or Rangers, Man United, Liverpool. Yeah. And it's a bit of a weird one that both of us ended up both supporting Tottenham. Yeah, well, it's, it's finally good to actually meet someone that actually shares the same passion as me with Spurs because, as you know, growing up in high school and stuff, you say you're a Spurs fan. Yeah. The first reaction is usually you laughed at. But the last few years, I mean, the tables have sort of started to turn. Yeah, the tables. started to turn. Yeah. It's actually a, a proud thing. To, I mean, I've always been proud to support Spurs, but recent years... It's just been a burst in pride, especially under Pochettino and stuff. So it definitely has been a change from primary school and stuff like that. So it is definitely more of a proud thing supporting Spurs now. Yeah, We're heading in the right direction anyway. Yeah, just touching upon that there as well. Like, I mean, I remember one of the first times I ever went and wore a Spurs shirt and pee. It was kind of like, why the fuck is he wearing a Spurs cap for? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's one of them things. Um, I just touched upon their dial with Pochettino and things. Um, it's been a year since his predecessors came in. And that's been eventful. Jose Mourinho. It's been eventful anyway, with Mourinho um, coming in. Yeah, exactly. I just want to hear your thoughts on Jose Mourinho then, a year in, Doyle. I, I love him. I'm a big fan of Mourinho's. Uh, from the minute, from the, I can remember the night Pochettino was sacked, of course, all Spurs fans come. And uh, it was heartbreaking. It felt like a breakup. It really did. It felt like losing a girlfriend, losing a wife, probably. Um, but the next day, quick, I think that was the best thing Daniel Levy done when he got rid of Pochettino, there was no waiting about, there wasn't much rumours. The next day, Mourinho, the special one, was brought in. Yeah. And from then, I was fully behind him. And, I mean, the man's a winner. And we, we haven't <coughs> won anything. I mean, in my lifetime, born in 97, we've won the League Cup twice. You know, it's not it's not good enough for a club the size of Spurs. Yeah, definitely not. Well, just touching upon there, I definitely think that Jose Mourinho was definitely being eyed up for a while by Daniel Levy. Even if we just go back a bit into the past, how he was on Sky Sports. And you can almost see him kind of laughing when mm-hmm. he was chatting about Tottenham. So those conversations, I think, in the back of my head were always happening. And I think, you know, Jose was always um, a contentious figure, of course, like with, with Spurs fans. I don't know. But from my personal perspective, I always kind of admired the man. Because anything he says, he does, he does it. And he's always there in the moment. You know, people say like, oh, Jose, I'll leave your club in a worse state. But I think for us as a, as a supporter fan base, like, we don't really care if he's going to leave us in a worse state. We just want to win trophies. No, this is it. I don't think we could be in a worse state. I mean, last season when he takes over, we're sitting 14th, heading for a, an exit out of the Champions League mm. after reaching the final. I mean, I thought reaching the Champions League final, win it or not, we would have pushed on. We would have been signing quality players and pushing I mean fair enough the league form wasn't there last season under Pochettino uh, I just thought Mourinho he's going to come in he's going to steady the ship and he's taken these players where we should have been headed after the Champions League final yeah definitely I just think you know we went on such a journey with Pochettino it was kind of like 
the players needed to adopt to a certain change and we've been to so many semi-finals and finals that you know people talk about this shift in mentality I just don't think Pochettino was that manager to get us over the line no you know you look at some of his comments especially in his last year as Tottenham manager that winning trophies builds egos and then you contrast that with you know I'm sure you know any Spurs fans listening has watched the All or Nothing documentary and you know, even that first conversation that Jose Mourinho had with Harry Kane, he says he's a winner and a shit team, basically. Mm-hmm. And he wants to elevate that profile. And I think now, a year on from Jose, like, that there, that winning mentality's definitely been stamped on the team. You just look at his signings, even this, this window, like, every single player he's brought in has won trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually on Twitter the day and I seen a few videos of Joe Hart in the, the Spurs camp. I think he's actually been a, an underrated signing. He brings that winner's mentality with him as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Mourinho has put him in the team ahead of Gazaniga. I know a lot of yeah. Spurs fans weren't too happy about that because of Gazaniga's performances. But it's players like Joe Hart, yeah, the coaching staff like Mourinho, that are going to change the club. I yeah. mean, Joe Hart's only playing Europa League games, but... You can see, you can hear with the new crowd, he's come on in the back four, he's a winner, the man's a winner, and so's Mourinho. And I think the change in mentality is definitely coming through. Even Hoybjerg, he's a born winner. Yeah. Kane, Kane is a winner. Son as well. Son as well, yeah. You know what I mean? These players are winners and they need to start winning things. They need to be yeah. praised and they need to have the trophies to go along with their careers because the stats, Harry Kane and Son are, are breaking. It's just incredible, really. Yeah, they're definitely on track for their best season, but... um. Also, like to add there with Mourinho too. I think, in this time managing Spurs, he's definitely broke like a lot of, kind of conceptions that that's been had about him. Like Jose Mourinho doesn't play youth. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Pl- he plays negative football, and I just think this season he's basically ripped that and laughed at, at pundits and and those in the media who who said he plays this kind of like this boring football and he does not give chances to youngsters. I mean, at the time of recording, we're just recording after the Europa League match. Um, against Ludogrits last night he brings on what, four four players for the first team mm-hmm. debuts I mean Alfie White Alfie Whiteman <laughs> Dane Scarlett and Harvey White come on and they make their debuts I mean Alfie Whitman, he's been at the club for a while now so I mean what Three a moment seasons, for him yeah. what a moment for him to come on and you can see like going back to what I said about Joe Hart he's pleased for him Joe Hart's not playing every week but he's being subbed off to give, give Alfie his, uh, his debut and he's delighted mm. for him he's clapping him he's praising yeah you can really see the whole team spirit now building Spurs and that's what I think Mourinho's changed again uh, don't get me wrong the spirit under Pochettino at times was a, a different level like you know especially that last year <coughs> about Hart Lane yeah we, like for, for me that was the best season of football we'd ever seen as a Spurs fan that was incredible I mean you're going into every game especially the home games going unbeaten you're going into it we're going to win yeah that's I just what, felt confident yeah. mm-hmm. that's what you're thinking going in and that's Mourinho's going to bring that again. He is slowly starting to bring it in. You look at these games now, especially with this big run-up we have coming up, you do mm-hmm. think, you know what, I think we can win most games. Man City game showed that. Mm-hmm. Great performance, but the game against Chelsea will be it'll be a big uh, big mark if we can get three points there at Stamford Bridge, where we've done pretty pretty bad in recent years. Yeah. So com- coming into this season as Mourinho is our manager, what's been your expectations I know at the time of recording we're, we're first in the Premier League, but what was your kind of hopes and dreams for this season? I um, mean, I know for me personally, I think top four, getting back to playing Champions League football and possibly go for the Europa League. But I mean, this season, it's telling me a different story so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to speak too early, but I really, really fancy us to possibly push for the title. 
And then you look at the injuries that Liverpool have built up. The way we played against Man City there the other week. I mean, if we can keep our, our best our best players fit and have the squad depth to do that, now, I'm, I'm really confident. Like Even on our banks, we've got Gareth Bale to come on. Mm-hmm. Like That's a world-class player. You've got Lucas Moura, who divides opinion in the Spurs fan base. I mean, but there's, there's no denying like when he's on form, he's on form. Same thing goes with Dali Ali and you know all these other midfielders that we we'll have sitting on the bench. Even the Salso came, comes off the bench and scores basically the winner against Man City. I mean, we've got these sort of players that are going to push us for trophies. But I think at the start of the season, I mean, as a Spurs fan, I'm always optimistic. You ask me at the start of any season, doesn't matter who's the manager, doesn't matter what the squad is, I say top four and a trophy. I think that's what every Spurs fan will say every year. That's the aim of the club. That's the aim of the season. But I, at the start of the season... I think in this past decade, it's always been the aim because look at the teams we've had. Modric, Van der Vaart, Bale. Mm-hmm. Bale's last season, and then that transition under Pochettino, we had Dali Ali, Son and Kane. And even, like, just now, it just it does feel like a different team, but the same team, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. I think that's what the team needed. It needed to change up. I mean, we'll have core players from that Pochettino squad still with us of course uh, but I, I just felt it needed a fresh injection yeah. it needed to change the, the squad had gone so stale over the over the past 18 months or so 24 months but just touching back on what you said about what my expectations were for this season I couldn't believe when most pundits were writing us off for top 4 not not one single pundit I remember looking at the start of the season not one single pundit had us to finish in the top 4 I mean, even that Paul Marshall prediction. Yeah, yeah, Harry, I know. Harry Kane's not gonna score under Jose Mourinho. I know it just shows what they know, really. Like, but uh, I, could, I just couldn't believe that. I thought with the squad we have, Jose Mourinho, people need to remember Jose Mourinho. I mean, he is the special, and what he's done is incredible. And if he can achieve something at Spurs this season, it will be, I would say, one of his best achievements. He talks yeah. about one of his best achievements coming second with Man United. If he wins a trophy with Spurs. Yeah. that is legendary status within White Hart Lane and surely winning over any fans that had their doubts yeah well I mean the thing is Donald, I do definitely think that Jose has definitely won on a lot of fans I mean e- even on his first press conference he says he, he wore the pyjamas of, of all the different clubs a bit of a tongue in cheek kind of remark but I do fully believe that like any club that he, he's been at he, he embodies the spirit of what the fans are feeling yeah I watched that the uh, <clears throat> Coaches, the winners coach, the oh the coaches playbook on coaches Netflix. playbook yeah Jose Mourinho episode, and the one that stood out to me the most of course he was iconic in Porto but see the the capture he had of Milan when he was the manager of Inter Milan uh-huh. and what he achieved with Inter Milan like you see that in his final game in the Champions League he knows he's going to Real Madrid after he's won it, but he's just there he's with the the away fans in the Bernabeu and the, and the Inter fans and he's crying. And the Inter fans are crying. You know, he's just shared these yeah. magical moments with these fans. Like Inter Milan, they were a sleeping giant at the time. Mm. They're sort of slumped again in recent years, but they're on their way back up. But Jose Mourinho went in there and he's guided them to a treble. You know what I mean? See, the thing I feel this time with Jose Mourinho, like you contrast his spell, his first spell at Chelsea. He had the players there and his last spell at Chelsea, I'm pretty sure he won the League Cup and the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. just before he got sacked so I mean obviously there's still room for progress there and you know Abramovich kind of took that different approach to get rid of him look at Inter Milan he left by choice a second spell at Chelsea in my opinion I think Hazard got him the boot yeah 
And then there was Pog- a few toxic players in the change room. Wasn't yeah, there? I mean, I can't really think of any toxic players in the Spurs change room. Uh, the current one, I think maybe Danny Rose. Well, that's it. I mean, you seen in the the Amazon documentary with Danny Rose, when he Mar- Mourinho basically told him he wasn't performing well enough. He threw a strap and said he was going to see Daniel, mm-hmm. which was quite funny to watch. <coughs> but yeah, Danny Rose, I think he was probably one of the more toxic. I mean, I respect the guy. He was um, probably is a Spurs legend would you say legend in many ways that, that's a good servant of, a good servant yeah. of the club he was a good servant of the club like d- don't get me wrong like from the outside looking in before that documentary you did think you're like why why is he not playing ahead of Ben Davis that's what exactly, I was thinking yeah, you know? exactly and I mean even his comments in the sun when Kyle Walker mm-hmm. left the Man City saying that he deserves a transfer to a bigger team like they're all kind of the directions that we're pointing there and I just don't think that you know I think he failed the Mourinho test mm-hmm. and you look at players that have passed the Mourinho test the likes of Tangi on Dembele mm-hmm. like we've seen a different side to this guy that we've we, we all knew there was a player in on Dembele I think anyway yeah definitely and this year now he's just he looks maybe I'm a bit brash and saying this but he looks 10 times the player we said Dembele was that's a big statement that's a big statement but he's I mean he's got more I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That's a big call up, but I just think on them belly is just more, more attacking. Maybe do you think more? Yeah, I feel I feel exactly more attacking. Yeah, but he can also do that role in midfield that that Dan belly done for us. Yeah, I think one of the differences between the two is probably, I think in Dembele needs that protecting player like Koyberg. Yeah. Where I think Dembele was the protector, mm-hmm. and he could carry the ball. You know yeah. what I mean? But I think they've both and Dembele. If he keeps up, he could definitely do well for Spurs this season. He is doing well. And with him and Hoiberg, and I would love to see Lo come into it a bit more. But at the minute, I think Hoiberg, Sissoko and Andombele is the midfield three that I would be yeah. that would be going for. It seems to be working. I just want to know your thoughts um, on Dali Alley. Do you think he's, he's a gone man? Or based on last night's performance against Ludogratz, do you think... I mean, from watching him, I think there was times where he was passing to Vinicius, and I thought that the Dali Ali of last season or the year before would have took that shot instead mm. of making that pass. Is that maybe Mourinho rubbing off on him? Well, I thought it was a more positive performance from Dali Ali last night than what we have seen. Of course, he's going to be shot of confidence, but mm. we've seen a few Instagram posts from him saying how he's, he's uh, working hard anyway, and he seems to be working hard. Yeah. He seems to be a bit of a forgotten man. In the in the Spurs team at the minute last season, if he wasn't in the starting lineup or even on the bench, you'd be worried. Where's the creativity coming from? Where can we get a goal? Especially with the injury problems we had last year. Do you know? I think Dali Ali's just in a weird place because you look back at that eighteen nineteen season, that time we got to the Champions League final. I think the Pochettino dropped them back to play that damn belly role at times. Mm-hmm. Especially when it came to January and when he did play further up front that season, he did make an impact. Yeah. I mean, for me in particular, that Arsenal game comes to mind. Yeah. And then last season, he was still scoring goals under Pochettino. And you could see him coming back to his form, but not quite there. And then as soon as Jose Mourinho came in, I mean, I thought Dali Ali was, was the man. Like. Yeah. Yeah, the, especially this first few games, the game against West Ham and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wee flick. That was brilliant to set up uh, Sun's goal, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I think I think there's still a player in there with Dali. Like, bear in mind, what is, is he? 23, 24, 24? Yeah. I mean, he's still young. You know what I mean? He's maybe 
shot shot into the star starlight maybe too early, but I think he's still a quality player. And I mean, hopefully he can turn it around. But I just think at the moment there's better players than him in his position. Unfortunately for him, I think even when he does drop back, Kane does a better job. Yeah. Look at the goal involvements Harry Kane's had this season. I don't think Dele Alli would be the type of player that would be able to do that. No. Possibly. Hmm. I think the closest player we had from dropping back and creating things was Christian Eriksen. Yeah, I think Christian Eriksen, when he first moved on to Inter Milan, I thought he was a big miss. Because mm. I remember the last few games he was playing, you could see Mourinho was reluctant to start him. Yeah. But you could also see when he wasn't starting, we were lacking so much creativity and it would always end up we're drawing the game or losing the game and last 20 minutes on you go Eriksen make something happen yeah. you know it was just uh, it wasn't a nice time sporting Spurs during that period but uh, that's what I've said about the, the freshness of the squad I think these new players coming in they're hungry they want to show what they've got I think it's definitely been a good good transitional period and I just think Dele Alli is still sort of stuck somewhere between the Steel squad and the new Spurs squad, I think he's sort of in limbo. Yeah. And I, I would actually agree with that. I think it's a very good point. Yeah, and I think he needs to push himself a bit more to get up to the level of Kane's son that yeah. have made the trend. Even the likes of Lloris as well. I think Lloris deserves a great amount of credit. I thought... Just before even we recorded this podcast, I mean, one of the things that I often overlook is probably the performances of a goalkeeper. And, and chatting to Darrell as well about Lloris's performances in goal. Like, if you actually do watch him... He's like a different character as well this year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was saying to you a few weeks back. I was saying, yeah. I think this has been the best Lloris has actually been performing on a Spurs shirt. I remember when he first signed, he was a bit short, shot on confidence, but we were short on keepers at the time. Brad Friedel, he was edging his way out towards the door. Um, and I thought, you know, we had a good few solid years. The best keeper we've had in the Premier League era, without a doubt. I think Lloris could walk into any Premier League squad, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I would agree I, with that. On form, on form. I mean, yeah. the guy's the World Cup winning captain. Yeah. He's also been a loyal servant to Tottenham. Yeah, very much like, so. Like, him and Jan Vertonghen, I can remember that year after Gareth Bale left, like, him and Vertonghen were the two players who were constantly linked away with bigger moves. Yeah. I think if memory serves me correct, Vertonghen was going to go to Barcelona. And Lloris was linked with moves at the Monaco at the time. Yeah, PSG as well, whenever yeah. their money started flowing. So I think, I mean, if anyone does deserve trophies at Spurs this year, it's definitely Lloris. And I think from watching that Amazon documentary, like you do see a different side to him. Because I think most Spurs fans are like, oh, I'll just give the captaincy to an outfield player, like the likes of Harry Kane, or maybe Hoiberg this season. But mm-hmm. I think like the way Lloris has been performing and the... The footage that we've seen of him in the Amazon documentary, particularly that argument with Son, does show real captain material. I can understand why he's captain of Spurs instead of other players, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that was one of the things I was always very sceptical about. I mean, I thought under the last bit of period of uh, Maurizio Pochettino, I thought Lloris, I was calling for Gazaniga to be starting. Lloris was making too many mistakes costing us too many games yeah. and then he had that injury and he was out for a while and Gazaniga came in he'd done alright but I thought Lloris is, he's done at this point so for him to actually come back into the fold reclaim the number one spot and the performances mm. he's been putting in he's been especially after the injury he got absolutely to. incredible yeah. I mean the last four Premier League games clean sheets you know what I mean it's it's down to Lloris and the defence of course but I just think Hugo Lloris has really had his best time in a Spurs shirt under Mourinho. So, Manson of the defence, um, 
ties in quite nicely they are next fixture which is Chelsea at Stamford Bridge how are you feeling about that one Daryl? Um, I'm confident I'm confident you know uh, you've got to be confident going into these type of games games if you do want to go for the title but it is in recent years and traditionally it always has been a bit of a banana skin for us yeah. I mean you look back to they've the, been a bogey team yeah, really, the, like. the battle of the bridge I don't like talking about it and I hate when people say it's one of the best games in Premier League history and all this and all that to me as a Spurs fan watching it it's one of the it was one of the worst one of the worst games I've ever watched that second half performance I can remember watching the game and you know I wasn't like optimistic at the time that we were winning the title I think that was just overhyped by the media yeah definitely I think the year we should have won the title was the year after mm-hmm. that was still up against Chelsea but I mean Leicester ran away it was 14-15 points clear at the time of playing at the time of playing um, Chelsea at, at Stamford Bridge but you know as you said I just do think they're a bogey team even FA Cup semi-finals I think if Josie can go to Stamford Bridge and the man will have a point to prove especially with Frank Lampard last season you know I don't think Mm-hmm. Jose getting beat by Frank Lampard's kind of uh, went down too well went, yeah exactly went down too well with him so I definitely think he's the same way he went to the old Trafford earlier in the season he's going to go there with a the chip on his shoulder and I think the players will feel that I mean I've touched on it for about a good 15 minutes but you know Jose Mourinho he's a winner he wants to go into every match winning and I think the thing with Mourinho as well just to, to finish off on this, this kind of Mourinho topic is um you know, I, I think the difference between Mourinho and Pochettino is like Mourinho knows when to park the bus, mm-hmm. which is what we needed. Yeah. There was times when we were playing shocking and you know, Pochettino was still going for it when we were two or three nil down. We were, sorry, we were one nil up maybe as well and he just didn't know when to shut up shop. It well, cost us massively. Well this is the thing we're well, we have been receiving a bit of criticism from the pundits playing this ugly football. But I think recent performances have shown it in a, an actual positive way. I mean, we parked the bus against Man City, but I thought overall we were just generally the better team. Like, so yeah, same wa- defensively. Watching Spurs yeah. over the years, I mean, it's a it's a hard attack waiting to happen. But honestly, watching that Man City game, I said to you at the time when we were watching it, this is probably one of the most relaxed I've been watching a big Spurs game. I'm sorry, I mentioned their defensively. I should have said attacking. Like our attacking play, I felt was. As soon as any time we got the ball, I knew we were going to score. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, we looked dangerous on the attack, but I hope uh, Sunday has a similar performance. I mean, Chelsea—they're probably alongside Liverpool at the minute, who are starting to come back into the fold. Are one of the informed teams. They'll be their players. Their new players have started to click, and they'll, they'll no doubt they'll be they'll be fired up for the game, of course. And if Timo Werner, he's history against us as well. Mm-hmm scoring against us in the Champions League he'll be up for it uh, all the players will be up for it but we need to be more up for it we need to this is our time this season and we need to go there with an with attitude confidence. That, yes yeah. with confidence that we can win and we can beat Chelsea but I, I think even that, that um, the League Cup win oh yeah that's I mean that's got to have some sort of psychological edge on the players especially being, on penalties too because was it last year or the year before Chelsea put us out in penalties yeah they beat us in the League Cup yeah so I mean I like league performance as well I definitely think we can do it and we were missing a lot of players that day yeah. as well it was I mean some of the fringe players were playing in that day and we still managed to get a result but Sunday will be different it's Premier League and it's at Stamford Bridge it's going to be it's going to be tough no doubt especially with now Alderweireld yeah. he's now injured so it's going to be a toss up in centre back I thought Tanganga done well when he came in last night and played. could we just start Tanganga or Joe Rodan 
Um, Personally, I would go for Tanganga. I would probably go for Tanganga as well. I think he's he's a great player. He came in, he done it against Liverpool last season. He's shown he can do it against yeah. the big players. But I don't know. Sanchez could be in for a start as well. You just don't know. We'll see Sunday because Sanchez and Tanganga played together last night. Both played very well, I thought. Um, but if I was picking one, I would like to see Tanganga in there with Dyer. Yeah. And shout out Derek Dyer as well. How good has he been this season? Yeah, Eric Dyer just looked like a different player completely this year. He really has. I mean, I think, I think actually since the Premier League restarted, he's been one of our better players. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely think like during that time of Pochettino was in was he a right back? Is he a CDM? Personally, I liked him as a CDM, especially when he first came into the team. But I think now he is making that centre back role his own, and I think it's something that. Um, Previous managers and previous coaches have definitely said he suits centre back more than any other position. Yeah, I think he's done well since coming in and centre back. Not a big fan of him in centre mid. I was at one point, maybe 2015, 2016, but yeah. I think he's uh, he bulked up a bit maybe and he was a bit too. not as. what's the word? Not as agile, I don't think, for centre mid. I think he's better off as a, a solid centre back, yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he has a good game on Sunday, and I think he will, yeah. to be fair. And I think this this Chelsea performance, I think, will definitely take, you know, pundits will sit up and look like, right, okay, we've kind of shoehorned Tottenham in here, are the title challenges or are they not? Don't get me wrong, like, if we lose on, on Sunday, it's not the end of the world. But Chelsea have definitely been our bogey team, our BFA Cup semi-finals, and even going up the last year, I mean, if we had won those two games against Chelsea... We'd have got top four. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that's definitely going to be on the players' minds. Yeah, definitely revenge. And uh, London Derby, of course, as well. So it is going to be a big game, and hopefully we can push on, yeah. get the win, and keep stay top of the league. So what's your score predictions then for, for Sunday, then, Dora? Um I'm going to go for 2-1 Tottenham. I think, I, think we're, I think we're going to win. I think Sun... Son and Kane, I mean, you can't rule them out of scoring of any game, you know. Anytime someone's asking me to predict a Spurs game, I'm thinking, Son and Kane, they're going to score, they're going to do something, they're going to make something happen. So, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to say 2-1 Spurs. Well, I fancy 2-0, but I'm just wondering why you said 2-1. Is it because Alderweireld's out of the team? I think Chelsea, they have, I think they've scored, maybe they've scored the, well, they're one of the top scorers anyway in the league. I think they're in the top three of uh the top goal scorers so I think they're coming with some firepower the likes of Ziyech Werner and stuff hitting form so I think I think they might get one but I think overall we might have enough for them so yeah so um, I was going to say as well what about Gareth Bale how are you feeling about Gareth Bale since he's came back to the club uh, it's a good question it's a good topic I think when he first signs we're all watching the old videos of him bombing down the wing the 30 yarders the free kicks you know he was undoubtedly probably one of the best players I've seen play for Spurs he is probably the best, the best player, player yeah. I've seen play for Spurs yeah definitely um, but since he's came back in you know I've, I was so excited he was a childhood hero of mine loved him had him on the back of a few shirts since he's come back into the fold I think he's done okay I think he's done okay you know it's clear he's building his fitness up yeah. and his performances are gradually getting better I think bit more Premier League experience get him up to speed a bit more but of course there's going to be a few doubts over him thinking is he the player he was you know because we're used to seeing him gets the ball runs does does he start Sunday though that's the question 
I, in my opinion, I don't think he starts. I think we mm. go with uh, Bergwijn again. I think he yeah. had a really good game against Man City, and it's great to see him actually. I was just gonna say actually about about Bergwijn as well. Like, um, he's definitely a player I did not expect to see starting against Man City, and I mean, dare I say Man City was a bigger game than Chelsea? Mm, and I don't know. I don't agree with that. I think Chelsea is the big one mm. for the, the the London derby and all that. And we have a pretty good record against Man City as well, and that obviously continued on. But Chelsea is going to be the test. But I don't think Bill will start. I think it'll be Bergwijn, Kane, and Son. But or Lucas maybe. But Lucas started midweek, so I don't. I think it'll be Bergwijn starting. What about midfield? So personally, I would go for Hoiberg on Dembele, and I think the Celso warrants a start after his performance against City. But I noticed on Twitter that he took a knock. That's why I was out for the Ludogrets game. Yeah. So who do you bring in the midfield? Do you bring Harry Winks? I think Sissoko. I said it at the start. I think Sissoko, Javier and uh, Ndombele is the midfield free to go forward if we're sitting, especially against the likes of Chelsea and, and Man City. I think them too with Lo coming off the bench. I think Lo yeah, he scored against Man City, but he's yet to nail down the starting spot. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, but all eyes on Sunday now, of course, and hopefully by Sunday we'll be staying top of the league. Yeah, well, fingers crossed by Sunday. Hopefully, me and Daryl will have um our post match reaction after the game. Um, I think both of us were watching the game together. I think on on Sunday, so um definitely be an episode to to keep an eye out for. So just going after the Chelsea game, um the local government, or sorry, the the government in the UK have announced that the fans are allowed to return back. Um, permitting that the tier system is favourable and there'll be 2,000 fans for our next home game which is against Arsenal mm-hmm. how are you feeling about fans back at, at stadiums do you think it'll have a positive effect on us or a negative effect I think it'll be positive uh, 2,000 fans it's, I read today as well that they're going to be in the, the south stand which of course has been built for atmosphere as well so I think it's going to be 2,000 2,000 might feel like 12,000 you know what I mean the Spurs yeah. fans are going to be rowdy they're going to they're going to want to show their passion. I mean, it's been so long since fans were allowed into a game at yeah, Spurs. And it's against that lot down the road. So I think it'll be a positive, hopefully. hopefully. I, th- I think as well, too, considering how well the team's performed this year. I mean, the last Spurs games we were able to, to go and watch. I'm pretty sure we got beat by, by Leipzig at home, then Leipzig away, and then I'm pretty sure we drew a game with Burnley. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we can get a result against Chelsea and then go into this North London derby, I mean, in my opinion, there's only one team winning it, even though it is a derby, but it's definitely us, in my opinion. I don't think, without getting on too much about that other team, the small um, South London club, I don't think that they're the team that everyone makes them out to be. No, well... let's I, I, Even though they've won a trophy last year, but... Yeah, this is, this is the thing. We can't be... Yeah, I think it'll all come down to on the day. I think we're the better team. With the better players, but like over the years, there's been times they've had better players and we've got a result, or you know what I mean. It's a North London derby; anything can happen, and it's never, never easy, never easy, you know. So, but I think focus on Chelsea first, then we'll focus on that game because if we start thinking about Arsenal as well, it's yeah. gonna be. I mean, our, our December run up is actually quite tasty because I think we've got a, a League Cup quarter semi final, semi final against Stoke quarter. Quarter final, yeah. So, I mean, pretty much everything to play for in that squad. I mean, we get a positive result against Chelsea, Arsenal, and then we're in the semi final of a cup. The, the, the squad's team morale, it's already good. 
as it is, but it's just going to be boosted yeah, to a different level, I boosted, think. Yeah. I think it'll give us um, something to be kind of optimistic for, that we can go and actually win the trophy this year. Mm-hmm. Especially beating Chelsea, Arsenal and City, all three of them in a row. Touch wood, it actually does happen. But I, I definitely think that, that we'll be on course for something special this year. Well, this year's definitely given us a bit of confidence. I mean, under Pochettino, I always had the confidence that we we're going into these games and would maybe win. But the last period of his uh, spell as Spurs boss, I mean, the confidence was starting to go. We were thinking, well, will we lose? Will we draw? Yeah. So it's good to actually be able to go into these games now yeah. and uh, hope that we're going to win and have a feeling that we're going to win. So what would you your predicted lineup then on, on Sunday be? I think Larice and Nets, of course. Uh, right back right back's been a bit of a Should tough just one, give it the white man after his, his 10 minute <laughs> clean sheet I don't know if he's ready for that <laughs> yet maybe another Europa League uh, appearance for him in the near future but no I think Larice and Nats and right back uh, personally I would go for Sergio here and this is going to sound fine but I mean credit words to he's another player this year who's actually performed quite well yeah Sergio has had a brilliant uh, resurgence under Mourinho yeah um, I think he offers us something a bit different to Doherty Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a tough one I mean Doherty's more of a defensive type player than Aurier is but we'll see come Sunday uh, centre back as we talked about I think it'll be Dyer and Tanganga I, I think if you're going for my my lineup or Mourinho's what are you what are you asking me Mourinho's or mine um, Mourinho's Mourinho's I think Sanchez might start you know I think so I think, Sanchez I think the thing with start. Tanganga as much as I want him to start he is coming back from this injury so yeah I think Sanchez will start and I think at left back it'll be uh, Regulon because Ben Davis he was playing there throughout the week mm-hmm. uh, midfield free Sissoko Hoiberg and Undembele and up front it'll be Bergwijn Son and Kane so yeah I wouldn't actually look past Darrell's um, predicted 11 if you have anything different maybe just tweet us what, what would you be changing on your selections and stuff and I think pretty much Darrell that wraps up the podcast Yep, that wraps up episode one of oh, Titanic Tottenham. It's it's been a good good start yeah. to the podcast anyway. Yeah, um as I said there anyway you can you can follow me on Twitter at James M Mervyn. Mervyn spelled M E R V Y N and you can follow Darrell at at Wadsworth under slash sport. That's W A D S W O R T H underscore sport. Uh, for all Spurs updates and anything related to the podcast. So, um, anyways, any any likes, comments, shares, retweets are all definitely um, appreciated. If you have any suggestions on what we should do next, what you'd like to hear us cover, just drop us a DM or tweet us on, on Twitter. Um, so, thanks for listening.